It's a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Thankful that you're here. If you have your Bibles, and I hope that you do, I pray that we never get to the place that we forget to bring the Word with us. I want to direct you to the book of Matthew, chapter 16. Matthew, the 16th chapter, and I'm going to read a very familiar portion of Scripture, but I'm not going to preach on it in the way that perhaps you would think. So please listen to me and bear with me for just a few moments while I lay a foundation. First, or Matthew chapter 16, verse number 16. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I don't want to, I don't want to preach to you about the revelation, the mighty God in Christ. That's a powerful message. But what I want you to notice is when Simon answered the Lord in, in regards to this question, how Jesus addressed him. First, in verse 17, he addressed him as Simon Barjona. That was the name that he had been known by from just a child. Flesh and blood has not re- revealed to you what you have come to understand but my father which is in heaven and then notice in verse 18 how he addresses him not as Simon Barjona but as Peter thou art Peter and upon this rock I will build my church the gates of hell shall not prevail against it I don't know what to title my message today other than perhaps Our conflict with divine purpose. Amen. Our conflict, my conflict with divine purpose. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Someone said that our prayers are not answered. Our prayers, let me rephrase that. Our prayers are answered. Not when we are given what we ask, but when we are challenged to be what we can be. That's when our prayers have truly been answered. Not when we are given what we ask, but when we are challenged to be what we can be. If there was anything, and and please bear with me a moment, Please don't think I'm foolish when I say this, but if there was anything that Jesus learned in a carpenter shop, it was thing or it it, it was it 
things that would pertain to not only wood, but it would pertain to life itself. Jesus grew up in a carpenter's shop, and so there were many things that Jesus learned at that trade. I think perhaps one of the greatest lessons that Jesus learned, if you could understand me in my statement, is how much can be hidden in a thing. How much can be hidden in a man or a woman, disguised by personality and quirks and idiosyncrasies, and yet within that man or that woman are greater things. Jesus learned that in working with wood, there was much that was hidden in a piece of wood. Not only did he learn that, but I am certain that he learned that it takes a lot of pain to transform something. That transformation is not something that happens in an instant, but it is something that takes time. Who knows what is within that piece of wood? Who knows the flaws that are there until they begin to work on it? Who knows the thing that will have to be worked around? I remember reading the story about uh, some of the great uh, masters of, the, of years past one in particular that had been given a piece of granite to uh, construct some kind of lasting memorial. And yet, when he began to examine that piece of granite, he discovered that there was a fissure in it, there was a crack in it, and he could not seem to find a way to work around that. And so it sat dormant in his studio for years until he passed away. And years later, another artist was brought in contact with that piece and, and he was challenged to, to use this piece of marble to make something of lasting value for our community. And he looked at it and he saw the same thing that the other artist saw. And yet he found a way to work that flaw into the overall image that he wished to build and portray. And so the great and stunning piece that is known as David that sits in Rome today, one of the most outstanding pieces of art that has ever been produced, came from a flawed piece of granite. And yet Jesus realized in working in a carpenter shop that working with wood and working with men is not a lot different because there are flaws and there are, there are weaknesses and there are idiosyncrasies that have to be worked on and worked around. The flaws that are there take time to work out and work through. They take time to find a way to blend it into the overall picture. 
And it takes time to transform anything. Transformation is not something that happens in a moment of time. What is in us is often obscured by what we are. What we have the potential of being and what we have the capacity to become is often hidden behind what we are and who we are. Our potential is often covered up by a warped personality or a human weakness, something in life that we can't seem to overcome, and yet God calls us, and God calls us with a divine purpose, and God has a divine idea in mind when he calls me, and yet he has to work through so much to see that ideal fulfilled. That when God begins to work with us, he has to work through a lot of stuff. When he started working with Simon Peter, he had to work around and through and over a tongue that was corrupted by a vile nature. He had to find a way to work that into the overall picture of his divine purpose. He couldn't take it out of Peter because if he did, he wouldn't be Peter anymore. And God's not going to take your personality quirks out of you either because those are things that make you who they are, who you are. But what God does have to do is work them to fit into his divine plan and purpose. And sometimes the greatest hindrance to God's work in my life is not my wife or my kids or a husband or my neighbor, but it's me. It's who I am. It's my weakness. It's my shortcomings. Masked behind my beautiful countenance today is a man that's weak and frail. And yet God called me and God put his hand on me. And through the years of living for God, it has been a test at times to see if I could fulfill his divine purpose. Certainly God didn't make a mistake when he called me. But God's had to work through a lot of stuff to get a better man out of me. And he's had to work on you and work around you and your personality. And oftentimes our potential is covered up by a warped personality, by a character that needs to be developed further, or a man that needs to be made better. It is obscured by my idiosyncrasies and my likes and dislikes, and it is masked sometimes by a mouth that doesn't know when to shut up. Praise God. Anybody with me so far? God has to work through a lot of stuff to make me what I need to be. But you know what I'm thankful for today? That he doesn't give up when he runs into a flaw. That when he runs into me and I'm in his way, 
he doesn't throw up his hands and say, I give up. But he finds a way, like the potter with the clay, he will crush it and he will begin to make it again another vessel that would be of use. You see, within every one of us is the framework for better things. Within the framework of every human being is the capacity for better things. God did not make us the way we did without divine purpose. God made us the way that we are so that we would fulfill His divine purpose. But oftentimes, there is a conflict between what God wants me to be and what I am. And God has to work through a lot of stuff to get me where I need to be. Though sin spoiled man in the beginning and man lost paradise, he did not lose all that God made. Stamped in every human heart and in every human will is a likeness to God. There's an imprint of God upon every living human being. There is that image that you can never shake. There is something inside of you that calls out to you and said there's a better man in you. There's a better woman in you. And if you will just let God do what he does, he will bring that better man out of you and he will bring you to that place of fulfillment in life where you, your life meshes with his divine purpose that you will not always be in conflict with what God wants to do. You see, when Jesus spoke to Simon Peter in Matthew, he was talking to a man with dual personalities at the time. There was a war going on inside of Simon Peter. There was a voice that was calling him to higher things, that was telling him he was better than his temperament. You're better than your tongue. You're better than your personality. You're better than what you've shown in life so far. And if you'll just let me work on you, Simon, I can bring that better man out of you. I can lift you up and put you in the place of usefulness in my kingdom where those things are not a detriment, but they are your advantage in life. Amen. And so Jesus addresses him first as Simon Bar-Jonah, and then he calls him Peter, speaking of transformation. God is working, Simon, and if you'll just stay on the wheel and you'll let him keep working, he's going to work this out of you. He, he's going to work this through. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. None of us are junk this morning. The seal of God's handiwork is on every one of us this morning. And none of us are here by fate or chance or your genes. You're not here because of that. You're here because there's a divine principle at work. There's a divine purpose at work in life. And that purpose is to bring you in contact with the only one that can help you conquer that old man so that a better man can live. Amen. Only Jesus can do that. You see, the Peter that we first met and we get to know is not one you would have had on your list of choice 
His stock is not one you would have picked for the role he would eventually play. Hidden underneath that personality, obscured by his own warped way of living. His mouth that got him in trouble. His cursing that got him in trouble. Hidden beneath all of that was a man who would one day become a spokesman for the church. He would become a powerful apostolic preacher But oh, what the Lord had to do to get him to that place where that could happen. Oh, the work that had to be done on his life to bring him to that point where transformation had really taken place. Because obscured and suppressed by a personality that often got him in trouble was a man that God could use greatly. Amen. You see, there was a better man in Simon Peter, and Jesus was intent on bringing him out. And I'm thankful for that divine purpose today because that divine purpose for him is a divine purpose for you and I today. That in spite of our weaknesses and our frailties, God keeps working. He knows there's a flaw, He knows there's a weakness. And yet he works that into his overall plan. You see, it takes time to make a saint. And I don't know why the Lord would send me this morning, but I just, I, I've come to help somebody. I, somebody that's here this morning that's discouraged and despondent, and you're thinking, you know what, this, this is just not for me. I can't do this. All these other people, they, it seems to work for them, but I can't do this. Hear hear me this morning when I tell you that it takes a, a long time to make a saint. It is not an overnight thing. It's not something that you just snap your fingers and one moment you're not and the next minute you are. It's a lot of trial and error. It's a lot of going forward and stepping back. It's a lot of laying on the altar of God and saying, God, do something to me again because I'm not where I need to be and I must never give up. I must never give up before God finishes his work in me. And yet there are people that, on every hand that do just that. They walk away before God's ever finished. Amen. Let me tell somebody here this morning that as much as you may think it's over, it's not over. God's not through working yet. You say, well, Brother Hughes, I've been doing this for a long time. It doesn't matter. God never gives up. He never gives up. He keeps working. And you know what I've discovered? There are things that don't show up in life until late in life. There are things in my own personality that I thought were long forgotten that showed up late in life. (laughs) There are things that you battle later in life that you never dreamed you'd ever battle in your younger years. But it's always been there, God just having to work his way through it and around it. So it takes time to make a saint. It takes time for God to work his will out. And it takes time for God to bring me where I need to be. And what a great discovery when I realize that God's not through with me yet. That he's not through. He hasn't written me off. Though other people may have, he has not written me off. He still has me 
on his mind and he still has me in his divine purpose and he's still working. He's trying to bring me. You know, sometimes that old man shows up and that personality speaks out and I think, oh God, I thought he was dead. And God said, not quite yet, but he's going to be before I get through. (laughs) Amen. Oh, yes. Amen. Sometimes it shows up and you think, oh Lord, I thought I prayed through over that a long time ago. I didn't know that part of me was still alive. Oh, yes. And God's still working. Amen. God's not through. Thank God that he's still working. (laughs) Amen. Thank God that he's still working. It takes time to make a saint. And discovery comes when we realize that transformation is not going to happen without a lot of ups and downs. We're going to have some victories and we're going to have some defeats. One moment it seemed like Simon was getting it. There were times when you see him and you think, he's going to make it. He's got it. He he understands and the very next minute he opens his mouth and erases all of that. It's like, oh my Lord, who is this guy? And so it is with us. There's a lot of ups and downs. There are days that I come and I feel like I'm on top of the world. And there are days that I feel like the world is on top of me. But that's God's process. There's a lot of up and down. Two steps forward, one step back. But I'm always going forward. Amen. It's a great thing when I understand that that's how life works. One moment I've got it, and the next it seems to be gone. But thank God he doesn't quit on us when we're having a rough day. Thank God he doesn't get his pencil out and scratch our name off the book of life when we fall down. (laughs) Thank God when we show ourselves and we show parts of us that nobody needs to see, he doesn't take out the eraser and say, oh, that was a mistake. He said, I I got some things I need to work on. And so he goes to work again. Thank God for that work that he does. Transformation is not going to happen without a lot of victories and a few defeats. Amen. You know, I used to think that living for God was going to be one victory after another. But I've learned that sometimes there's defeat that brings victory. Because it's that defeat that puts me back on my knees and it humbles me and it makes me realize, God, I can't do this by myself. I need your help. I need your hand. Please don't let go of me. Please don't take your hand off of me. And God is able to work some things out in my life. Does God want me to always stay warped? No. Does God always want me to be outspoken in the way that is detrimental? No. Does God excuse my personality? No. But he also realizes that that's part of who you are. And so he's going to keep working until he works that for your good. He's going to keep working on you until he brings you to that place where you are the man or the woman that God has called you to be. And even if there's a setback, that's so severe that it seems irreversible. Even then, he's not through. Simon Peter came to a point in his life where he stood before 
unfamiliar fires and faces. And in a moment of weakness, he cursed and denied. In a moment, he forsook him and fled. And the cock began to crow, reminding him of what Jesus had already said to him. And it seemed at that moment that everything was lost. What a waste. All of this time. And now here we are at the end. And he's failed again. He can't recover from that kind of disaster. He can't recover from that kind of embarrassment. He'll never come back from that. And yet come back is exactly what he did. He came back. But I don't believe that Simon would have ever made it back if it had not been for one verse that I find in my Bible. After it was all said and done, the crucifixion was over, the resurrection had happened, and the Lord had shown himself to many. He sends word for them to meet him. I need you to go tell the disciples to meet me in Galilee. And by the way, On your way, go tell the disciples and Peter that I go before them and I'm waiting for them in the city. There shall you see me and you're going to enjoy what you see. But tell Simon that he's still welcome at my table. You see, there's times in life when We are so embarrassed by our failure that all we want to do is just pull the dirt in over our head and hope that people will forget that we even existed. But in moments like that, God has a way of getting to us with a message. Tell my disciples and Peter that I'm going before them into Galilee and I want to see them there. Thank God for that word. I've come today to tell somebody that even though your personality has been your greatest problem, it holds your greatest potential because God knew what he had when he called you. Amen. God knew what he had when he put his blessings on your life. And he is not excusing what I am. He is not saying it doesn't matter. He's just saying I'm not through yet. Let me work a little more. And for that person who is here today that feels like, you know what, I'm just a washout. I'll never make it. I'll never live for God. I'll never be able to overcome. Let me tell you what he told this failure. I'm waiting for you in Galilee. I'm waiting for you in Galilee. I have enough confidence in you that somehow you're going to get up and come on. And let's go on. You see, giving up is not an option this morning. Going back is not an option. The only alternative that really makes any sense is to keep going. Stumble, but keep going. Fall down, but get back up and keep going. Because if you keep going, God will keep working. And somewhere... It's some place that man, that woman that God has called you to be will begin to flourish and show the world what you are and who you are. Uh, 
Oh, lift your hands to him right now and praise him and thank him for that love that never gives up. Thank you, Lord, for your mercies today. Thank you, God, for never taking your hand off of my life. Thank you, God, for the blessings of another day, another morning, another service, another time to bow before you and bring myself into that place where you can work on me a little more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want us to stand together. I'm through. I didn't preach very long this morning, but I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. I feel like somebody here in this building, you're struggling with some things about who you are and what you are, and you've let your own mind beat you down and convince you that you're never, you're never going to get above it. You're never going to get past it. And I've come to tell somebody that God's not through yet. Amen. I said he's not through yet. Say, but Brother Hughes, I have such a glaring flaw. I know. So did I. So do I. But God has found a way to craft that in the picture of who I am instead of it being my weakness it becomes a strength instead of it being my fault it becomes my faith builder praise God thank God for his mercy today thank God that he's still working on I don't know, I'm talking to somebody here right now that's that's not where you need to be and you know that. You know you're not living where God wants you to live. I just, I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not here to tell you what's wrong with you. I'm not here to tell you about all your mess ups. You know all about them. What I am here to tell you is that God has a word for you. And that word is, he's waiting on you in Galilee. Get up. Come on. Meet him. You said, Brother Hughes, I'm so embarrassed over what I've done. I'm so embarrassed by what I've said. How How do you overcome those obstacles? You overcome them by getting up and outliving them. Amen. You overcome them by getting up and outliving them. The greatest testimony of any life is not in what they've done right, but it's in the things that they've done wrong that they have overcome. That's the testimony of a great life. It's not whether or not you're perfect. It's not whether or not you bat a thousand. It's not whether or not you do everything right. What makes for a great life is a man or a woman that realizes that without the touch of God, I will fail. But with his help, he can make me, he can mold me, he can shape me. And so I want to stay on his wheel. I want to stay in his hand. I don't ever want to get away from him. I don't ever want to get to where he can't touch me and draw me in. 
However dark the night may be, I still want to be able to hear his voice calling me. Galilee, Peter, Galilee. There's something better for you in Galilee. You're not going to find it here in the tombs and in the darkness of the night, but you will find it in Galilee. I'm just telling you, you're not going to find what you're hungry for just sitting in a pew, but you will find it around an altar. You will find it if you find a way to pull yourself back up and say, you know what, I'm not giving up, I'm not going back, I'm not quitting, I'm not going to turn around, I'm only going to go forward. Come on. If you feel like God's got a work to do in your life and it hasn't been quite fulfilled, why don't you just slip out and say, God, work on me a little more today. I know what you've got to work through. I know what you've had to overcome, but don't give up on me, Lord. Don't let go of me now. Don't let me out of your hand today. Work on me, God. Work on my personality. Work on my temperament. Work on my attitude. Work on my spirit. Work on my mind, my mindset. God, help me to rise up again. Help me to get on my feet and go again. 